Claritas is an industry leader in providing brands, agencies, and publishers with a complete closed-loop marketing platform to help marketers identify the right potential customers more precisely, deliver more effective multi-channel campaigns across audiences' preferred channels, and optimize campaigns more accurately and efficiently through a robust attribution and incremental lift analysis measuring both online and offline channels, including podcast, digital audio, and advanced television. Claritas's offerings are strengthened by the recent acquisition of Arts AI, integrating AI-powered technology to underpin an already robust identity graph, which fuels the accuracy, effectiveness, and efficiency of all their solutions. Claritas is committed to being an independent third-party partner, providing marketers with an unbiased and objective approach for building, executing, and measuring online and offline marketing campaigns. Find out more at claritas.com. Welcome to Great Minds, and our guest today is our partner in crime on Advertising Week at the Penn District, Stephanie Blake, the CEO of Skylight. We uh, are so excited about everything, Stephanie, and I can't thank you enough for joining me for this little special conversation as we get ready to open the curtain on Advertising Week here in the Penn District. Well, the honor is mine, Matt. It's been such a pleasure to hear your crazy ideas from day one as to what we can do with the Penn District together and excited to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. We are delighted to have you. So the Penn District is an evolution of New York and New York historically is full of evolutions. One of my favorite New York stories, Stephanie, is how Times Square became Times Square. Do you know that? A bit, yeah. So you wanna tell the story or you want me to tell? I think you, you are the storyteller. I'll let you tell it and I'll jump in. So Times Square many years ago was known as Long Acre Square. And at that point, the only part of Manhattan that was really developed was the oldest part, which is lower Manhattan. If you look downtown, that's where the oldest buildings are. And hard to believe, but Times Square was a wilderness area. And the then mayor convinced the New York Times family, ownership family, still in the same family today, to move to Times Square. But they insisted that if they were going to take a leap and gamble, on moving to that part of town that they would have to rename it after them. The New York Times, as you recall, was on 43rd Street for many years before they built the new building, which was one of our many homes for Advertising Week over the years, over on 41st. And so it was renamed Times Square uh, for them and was part of the evolution of that part of town, which is, of course, thriving uh, today in so many ways. The Penn District is another evolution. And I'd love to start, Stephanie, by talking about your partnership with Vornado, which is the biggest landowner, if you will, in the Penn District area, and kind of where we are now and the vision for it going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think going back to even your story of how Times Square was created for Skylight, being a placemaking and venue development and management company, we started on the west side of New York in 2008, so much more recent history, but in the last crisis. And I think what's so interesting about the history of New York, and to your point, the cycles that the city goes through is, you know, some of our first projects was a warehouse on Dominic in the spring. We brought Ralph Lauren from the Upper East Side, from Bryant Park down to do his shows. 
we did so much. We were the private studio to Stephen Mizell. We ended up working on the High Line before the park was the park. And to your point of history, like the elevated railway that was part of the west side of New York on the industrial side, there were cowboys that used to ride on horseback in front of the trains before it was elevated because too many people were being completely crushed by. So just thinking about that cycle, I think understanding the value of the progression from west to east of the way that brands and companies and where people want to congregate these days, I think that all fits into the evolution of Penn District, but also the evolution of the city. And I think where Skylight has sat for so many years is this intersection between brands and place. And our goal is to align those missions together. We love the concept of adaptive reuse and mission-driven activation around the way that brands like Advertising Week can really shape the future by bringing new ideas to the table, by proving sort of future use, by experimenting and showing that in today's world where the future is uncertain, the only thing that is certain is the iterative nature of how space is used. And I think that's where I'm so excited to talk about your interest in the Penn District, what you're bringing to life, how we're pioneering this first sort of district-wide activation and the opportunity that offers for you guys to lay the groundwork and for other brands to work with us. Absolutely fantastic. So this area and our office has been here forever. We were on 31st for many years, then 33rd. Now we're on 35th. Um, I'm a New Yorker. I grew up in Queens, taking the Long Island Railroad into Penn Station and going to Madison Square Garden and, uh, and you know, know the area quite well. There's been a real reinvention here, going all the way west to the river with Hudson Yards, slightly east to Manhattan West, and now slightly further east again to the Penn District. The Penn District is the newest and I think will be the most expansive, in many ways most exciting, uh, simply because of the assets that are already there between yep. Penn Station, which has gotten dramatically better in the last several years, both the 8th yep. Avenue side, the Moynihan Station, and the 7th Avenue side, which was really tough for a long period of time and is now really absolutely terrific. And all the retail that Vornado has put in is not even open yet. I guess it's imminent, but it looks imminent. But it's yep. a real dramatic improvement that Vornado is leading there. Absolutely. And I think for Skylight, our history and our beginnings with the district started over a decade ago. So we came in before the rehabilitation of what is now Moynihan Station, where, you know, you know, the history and those who are listening probably know the original Penn Station was where Madison's Garden sits today. But this was the original sister station to that building. So in all of its grandeur, it was built as this incredible sort of beacon for, you know, what could welcome in everyone from outside of New York. And that sat empty, a majority of it, 90% vacant for a very long time. Skylight came to the table under Cuomo at the time, an Empire State Development Corporation, where everyone said you need $10 million before anyone will touch this with a 10-foot pole. We said, absolutely not. We know the brands who are the patrons of community of art who will die for this type of canvas. And that's what Skylight has always been known for. We provide access to the otherwise inaccessible because we love to understand what brands like Nike, like Google, like Hermes want in a venue. And so we were able to move New York Fashion Week from Lincoln Center to Moynihan pre it being rehabilitated. And a lot of the work that we did with various fashion brands highlighting the incredible skylights, discussing sort of the incredible history of the building is part of the way that it was restored in such a magnificent way. I think that was some of the the impetus and some of the 
flavor. Like we had Nike come to us. They launched their new um, their new uniforms for the Olympics. They put out tennis courts for the U.S. Open. They did so many for NBA All-Stars. And one of the first things they did was they took the inscription from the front of that post office, neither sleet nor rain nor, I think, glue will hold our couriers back and they replaced that will hold our athletes back and that became their new york city website slogan became their mantra they launched product and i just think that integration of where brands see the value of the built environment the history the story the soul and put it together with events is the way that these sort of future states get sort of brought along in time yeah i remember when you did fashion week there and that was really inventive at that time so let's dig into it because most people don't know this stuff and it's pretty interesting. The original post office was a McKim Mead White building, which of course still stands, which also did such iconic buildings as Grand Central Terminal and the original Pennsylvania Station. And the reason why we have a Landmarks Commission today is because that building was knocked down in the early 60s and people were very upset uh, and said that building should never have been allowed to disappear, were made to disappear, and ultimately Madison Square Garden, which I think is the fourth iteration of Madison Square Garden, opened on that site in 1968. The post office, the front facade, I guess there's still a little bit, I guess you can go buy stamps and do a little bit of postal service business there. But for the most part, that is all now the new Moynihan Station, isn't it? That's correct. I think part of the value of working with you as Advertising Week to bring the district to life is for Skylight as a venue development and management company who looks at these canvases, we're never looking for just four walls and a ceiling. We have venues, but we look to activate the district. So we look to activate the billboards, the facades, the connectivity, the outdoor space. And I think to your point of the way Penn District is sort of this really amazing combination of different types of space, but you know, there's the alleyways, there's the outdoor plazas, there's the rooftop spaces. There's so much diversity in terms of what you can experience in this center of, of Midtown. And I think that's something that you guys are celebrating by doing your breakfasts at the, the landing and the social stair. You know, in the early days, Skylight brought Ted as the storytelling partner to the district to launch some of these critical messages and to bring forth this collision between the existing tenants and to create conversation and dynamism. And what you guys are doing for this full week is expanding on that in a real way and showing that that's possible even before Pen 2 comes online. Right, which looks like it's pretty close to being done. Imminent. It's coming online shortly. We'll have a venue there also, the town hall, that will come online very shortly, very beginnings of 2024. So, Well, you know, I was going to say this is New York's next great neighborhood, but in many ways it already is. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a great way to put it because I think so much of the bones of what's been there and the way that Vernado has really thoughtfully reimagined it's a time in the larger globe, the larger world where post pandemic, everyone is reimagining their relationship to real estate. Real estate itself is evolving and thinking differently about how to stay vibrant, what creates the dynamism, why do people get off their couch? And I think what you and I have connected on in the past is this concept of collective effervescence. Like there is that we are social creatures. We need to be together. The way ideas are shared, energy is shared, how things sort of become larger movements, that's critical to be in the built environment for that. And I think that's something Vernado has been critically aware of through all of their real estate across across the nation, really, and, and how to create these districts and how to take what's there and then add to it. 
And to think about the way that programming and events is truly that next amenity of how to bring things to life, how to connect spaces, how to create a vibrant mixed use district where everyone ends up being part of the community and interacting. You think of lifestyle, like the way Soho House or the Ace Hotel lobbies, like that's something that they've achieved and I think we'll continue to evolve. And I think you guys are playing a role in that expansion right now. Well, listen, we're certainly going to be bringing a lot of bodies in, that's for sure. And I was it's just- a global destination, right? For yeah, like- no, they come from literally all over the world. I was just doing a walkthrough and uh, the job that Frank and Clarissa and our production team do is incredible because to turn a raw space into what it will be when the curtain goes up um, is a lot of work, a lot of imagination, uh, I think a little bit of naivete, not, uh, you know, never, uh, never hurts along the way because uh, that creates a lack of fear because we don't know any better. But I think, you know, the grandeur of some of the spaces which people will discover, like the landing and where we're doing our breakfast series, um, really absolutely stunning. And a friend of mine was looking for a place to have lunch in the area and I sent her to the restaurant there and she said, I love it. And it's such a elevation of the neighborhood with the Penn District and that you have, you know, office, that you have, uh, you know, blue bottle, you know, and it's all connected and you can get pretty far, you know, walking either underground or undercover at ground level. Um, And I think that connectivity is not only spiritual, but it's physical, which is also, you know, purposeful by design. Go back to 10 years ago, it was a little bit different here. Talk about what you've seen in terms of an evolution and where we are today and where we'll be three years from now, five years from now in the Penn District. Yeah, from my experience, I remember being there actually pregnant with my first child, walking through construction sites, zipping up in hazmat suits for asbestos abatements. As we were getting, I think it was the second season of New York Fashion Week underway and you know, it was really interesting. It was it was every publication that wrote about Moynihan Station at the time was so surprised and shocked to say Anna Wintour was here. You know, Rag and Bone chose this as their destination. Probable highlighted these, you know, the skylights in the mail sorting room, which was this old room that had 60 foot ceilings and these catwalks above it that you actually could crawl into because before there were security systems, when 80% of the mail was coming across the Atlantic and being sorted through the station, you had to have people checking to make sure no one was stealing from them. It's just, it's wild to see the progression of something that had been there for a hundred years and the future vision of that. And for us, I think bringing in Brams again, where we're so excited to be partnering with you is we've always seen our strategy from a real estate lens, connecting to the mission and the placemaking that is essentially inherent in the marketing and advertising of brands. What better way to showcase who you are as a brand than to create an environment for people to walk into and just immerse themselves in? And I think that's something we saw 10 years ago in terms of the value of this district being right off the, you know, you're right off of Penn Station, you're right off of a major transit hub, and you're also in the middle of this great city. And yes, sort of the radius was not yet as as developed or as sort of thoughtfully reimagined, but the bones were there. And I think that's when you talk about the cycle and the history of New York and the way that this progression happens. I think some of those early on brands, be it Nike, Spotify, Range Rover, the Tate Museum, doing things with Edible Schoolyard, with Fashion Week, 
they were the discoverers of sort of the soul and, and Vernado is now bringing that into its next iteration. And I think that's where it's, as venues exist, I think what's beautiful is they create an ecosystem on their own. You don't need everything to come back at once. And I think in terms of a larger conversation that you and I can have around the future of downtowns and the challenges in a post-pandemic world, I think creating a venue and a canvas for brands to activate on top of is a catalyst for these concentric circles of sort of economic activity, of bringing things back, of showing sort of the, the public, the end user, what's possible. And I think that's the beauty of events and programming. And then once it is thriving and the way that Vernado is reimagining it, it still is the heartbeat. The reason that we're so excited to partner with you guys for Advertising Week before Pen2 even launches is Pen1 is vibrant. It is thriving. Pen2 is going to come online. And the connectivity that happens when you create programming with these different brands, the creativity, the way that this is a canvas where you can activate, again, the, you know, you can do the, the billboards, you can do the outdoor plaza, you can do the landing. That's where it all comes together and you're creating and it's, it's like architecture in motion. Yeah, no, very much so. And I think, you know, when it was initially imagined was we went back, give or take 10 years, uh, that was before this evolution of behavior, you know, driven by COVID in terms of, you know, office occupancy and, and commercial space. You know, we have uh, backed into some opportunities. Uh, last year, as you recall, we were down in the Lower East Side at Essex Crossing, and we love the Lower East Side. Uh, we love the history down there and, you know, sort of the oldest part of New York and leaned into things like the Henry Street Settlement House and, you know, many of the most iconic. We had our Sunday night dinner at Katz's Deli, which I certainly liked, uh, but our team dinner. But now you're seeing a different reimagination and reimagining of commercial spaces in a different way. And I think that's been at the core of what Skylight has been doing, you know, under your leadership for many years now is that reimagination, repurpose, let's take something that somebody might just walk by and create an opportunity for them to walk in. Absolutely. I appreciate you bringing up the Lower East Side because that is where our newest venue is at Essex Crossing, the market line extension. And we just launched Microsoft's newest AI technology co-pilot there. And it's so interesting the way that you're sharing sort of the difference and distinction of like a Penn District with the Lower East Side with our other venue that we're launching on the Williamsburg waterfront in the old refinery building of Domino Park. And I think the, the intersection between all of these pieces in terms of Skylight's role is thinking about the connectivity that happens even outside of the four walls of where you choose to activate. And what you shared about integrating with Katz's Deli and all the pieces, we just did Sephora. We did Sephora's first sort of beauty conference since the pandemic and they came back and they integrated with, if user, if the listeners are familiar with the old Essex market and all the different vendors of the best of New York and the Lower East Side where I would try and say that potentially it's the most still sort of vibrant and gritty, but still soulful space within Manhattan. And where you did the last conference, I think for us, enabling brands to integrate with the authenticity of a neighborhood. And I think that's part of it is knowing where you are and knowing what's available to you and knowing why you're choosing to be there. And I think that's where Skylight really tries to bring out what's organic to that neighborhood. Penn District is very distinct and different than the Lower East Side, which is very different than the Williamsburg waterfront. And when we launched the refinery building with Hermes just this last fashion week, 
working with them as a client, very different clients than Advertising Week, very different clients than a Microsoft. But for them, it was being on the penthouse level of this refinery building that was still active until 2005, producing, you know, barrels and barrels of sugar. And then to look out and see that your eye level with the bridges right on the water, their whole concept became walking on air. Because you see how like the nature of the, the and, and the history of how, why it was built that way and the materials and all that resonated with a brand like Hermes. And I think that's our goal generally as Skylight. Like we just did, you know, Beyonce is just finishing her current tour in LA. We had this incredible old parking garage that we had on this specific corner that was actually in between two precincts. So back in the day when anyone would call from this parking garage for help, both precincts would assume it was the other precinct that was handling it. And, and the beautiful story that they started to self-police. But there was, a, there was a draw from Beyonce's team and from music to do things back there just based on the history of music and that area and some of the storyline. And so we launched her club Renaissance pre her album coming online. And I just think there's that, that moment of being able to unearth those stories and for us, you know, some of our, our venues become these flagship venues that will be venues for a long time. Others of our venues are those that we uncover within a portfolio of a Vernado or a Brookfield or a Hudson Pacific. And so I think for us, it's really interesting to have the opportunity to bring the opportunity to be a pioneer to brands. And I think that's what we've done here with Penn District is being able to bring you guys to the table and you ultimately are creating what's best for what you know Advertising Week needs. But for us to be able to really build and offer up the foundation of that canvas to you guys is where we get most excited. Well, on our stages, we talk about things that are both timely, most often driven by technology, and timeless. And being able to tell a different story here, and let's put this under the art of storytelling, is the emergence of a, of a new vibrant neighborhood in the Penn District. And I think that's a privilege for us to help tell that story, to bring people to what uh, uh, ironically has been our home, for decades now right here and uh it, it's really really uh something and and we always want to make it easy for people and i feel like this will be really easy for people and the wayfinding you know we've got seven or eight stages going at once plus our studio there's a lot of brands that are activating you know in a big time level it's going to be really interesting to see how it all unfolds. Well, the beauty of what you're doing also is I think that, you know, having Penn District as an extension and part of Moynihan Station is part of Penn District and being able to have the ease of transportation, you just hop off the train and you're there. And I think you're creating a sort of global destination for this period in time for all of your, you know, all of your audience. And also I think the speakers, and I loved how you just bring sort of technology with timelessness. So I think that's the conversation of the age, uh, you know, right now it's this intersection of AI and yet still climate, you know, there's so many pieces here that we're trying to put together as a society. And I think when you guys take that lens, I think one of the things I've loved talking to you about is the value of storytelling in terms of education, but also in terms of innovation. And so I'd be curious to hear for you, are, are there specific topics you're most excited to have on these stages this upcoming week or? Well, what? listen, I, I, you know, our job is to deliver a program that delivers the best and brightest across the subject areas that people are most interested in learning about. 
So you'll have all kinds of content around AI and retail media and data and analytics and all of the smart TV, advanced TV, connected TV, all the areas of the business that are driven by technology. But you'll also have a lot of people from the broad arena of popular culture. So we have a great partnership with uh, United Talent, UTA, and we've got Keegan-Michael Key and Issa Rae and Jonathan Van Ness and Aurora James and, you know, something really interesting with a live reveal of the DNA uh, of a dog with Ancestry.com that I think is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just like the variety and the gumbo yeah. that yeah. Advertising Week's Thought Leadership Program is. I think Ruth, our global president, and Michael and the team who curate the program have done a really good job as always. And then I like the stuff that connects to real issues. So we have a lot around sustainability. We have content around uh, with the Unstereotype Alliance and the Valuable 500, which are organizations dedicated to giving people with disabilities opportunities. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, content around mental health and uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. And, you know, we don't just do that stuff because it's suddenly popular. We went to Africa. You know, that's how serious we were about, you know, diversity uh, for Advertising Week Africa and Johannesburg. So I think those things are really important. The issues that transcend the industry and, you know, bleed into the real world. I'm sure inevitably, you know, the conflict in the Middle East will come up. Um, and, you know, as always, we will put ourselves in the middle of those conversations to try to be as helpful as we can. Um, and that's often difficult to do. We actually led the campaign when there was a funding shortfall for the World Trade Center Memorial after 9-11. Wow. It was uh, Mayor Bloomberg and then Governor Pataki came to Advertising Week and we were able to work with a great agency, TBWA, and Jerry Graff was a great creative at that time and put together a campaign that was a very difficult brief to create something that you know didn't offend survivors, families. You know, It's hard to imagine something more sensitive in America than that. And there are huge sensitivities around what's happening in the Middle East now and humanitarian issues and, you know, violation of Geneva Convention issues. I mean, this is very heavy stuff. So I, I think that we are able to uh, be a haven for conversations and moving the needle on issues that transcend the business is probably our greatest evolution uh, over the 20 some odd years of Advertising Week all over the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a lot different than it was, Stephanie, when we started at what was then the Museum of Television and Radio, you know, in relative terms, a tiny little building uh, on 52nd Street. It's incredible the progression you've had. And I appreciate right now in light of the current conflict in the Middle East, the way that you can express being a haven for the ways that brands these days are expected to be part of that conversation and find a voice and yet still be sensitive to all the ways that things can be extremely challenged and, and very sort of tense. And I think what's interesting about even your progression and, and saying sort of you were back in the day, the television and, and radio, like looking at what, like say a rock center or some of these districts, the progression of what comes out of districts these days. I think that intersection of where you learn content, where ideas are shared and that halo effect that then can be bestowed on the built environment is an interesting conversation I'd love to go deeper with you on because that's always been Skylight's mission is how do we identify 
the bones, the history, the future of a building and a district or a neighborhood, and then identify the brands that help tell that story and where those missions align organically to amplify what's possible. And we don't say it lightly when we say when we work with, you know, Netflix, when they were first launching their very first immersive experience during COVID, they came to us and we then since have launched multiple others because they see the value in the way that we can identify not just a space that works because fundamentally it has to work, but what's a space that can help tell that story when you're trying to create something where, for example, with a Netflix, they've obviously had so much success digitally, they're content driven, but yet they recognize the value of needing to step outside of that. And as human beings, we need that physical experience to continue to interact and have a perspective and a, and a relationship with brands. I believe that the sweet spot is that intersection of digital and experiential, you know, and I, and I remember I've been commuting long enough to remember when, you know, if you forgot your newspaper, you would find one on the train. Well, now there are no newspapers on the train. Now everybody, including me, is reading on their phones or their tablets or, or whatever it might be. And so our behavior has changed. And most of us you know, have our, uh, you know, we're glued, our, our mobile devices are in effect another appendage for us. Um, and I think because we spend so much time looking at a screen, those live experiences are even more important to us as people. That human connection, which we touched on earlier, being with other people. You know, I love uh, all the uh, iconic Mel Brooks movies and I've probably seen them all, you know, literally hundreds of times. And years ago, there was a screening, not too long ago, three or four years ago, there was a screening of Young Frankenstein at Radio City, which is about 6,000 people, give or take. Actually, the very first meeting about Advertising Week ever in 2002 took place at Radio City. And uh, there was a conversation with Mel Brooks and then a screening of Young Frankenstein. And I've seen Young Frankenstein, you know, literally probably 100, 200 times. But it was memorable and different seeing it and laughing with 6,000 people, that communal experience. And I think at its core, you know, I'm following now on LinkedIn and many, many posts are, you know, I'm going to advertise, well, I see you, we're excited, getting ready for the mayhem. People I don't know, you know, just to just show up in the trail. And I think, you know, that manifests that belief that people do crave human connection and, and that blend of education, engagement, entertainment, enlightenment that all coalesce at Advertising Week this year in the Penn District, that's the thing that's most exciting is seeing that happen live. You know, people always ask me, what do you like best? And my answer is a silly one. I like seeing people online because that means we've done our job. You know, I can't guarantee that all the speakers will be brilliant. I think most of them are. <laughs> But if the room is full and people are online, then we did our job. And that's sort of like if you go to a boxing match, you know, years ago, we drove to Atlantic City and it was about six hours. It was terrible traffic to get there to see Tyson fight against Call the Truth Williams. This was uh, 1989. The fight was over in 90 seconds. But the arena was full on the boardwalk and it was thrilling and I still remember it today, July 21, 1989. And it was six hours of driving for 90 seconds and it was totally worth it. 
And it was that live experience that you remember. And that's what we're looking forward to next week in the Penn District. Absolutely. I appreciate you crystallizing that, that it doesn't have to be a three-day or a two-week vacation. The memorable experiences that we as humans digest and sort of keep as unforgettable can be two seconds. And uh, for us in New York, you know, starting in 2008 in the last recession and sort of moving through the last 15 years, I do believe that fashion brands and, and luxury brands have really understood that opportunity to create an unforgettable moment and that that forever sticks with you in terms of how you value what that brand represents. And for us, the progression has happened where initially in some of these old warehouses or up on the high line before it was, you know, what it is now as a park or Moynihan Station or a lot of these old historic buildings, it was fashion that took the first leap and fashion does a 20 minute show. They will build our work with Ralph Lauren. They will build for two weeks straight to build out an experience for 20 minutes. And that 20 minutes is everything. And that's where, you know, their clientele, the, you know, their audience, their, everyone gets that experience and it is unforgettable. And that's what I think we just saw again, launching the refinery Lermez. It's again, a 20 minute show. And you see those, they're walking on air, you know, they're walking out and you just see in that moment of silence, that music, the way that sound and the built environment interact together with light, that that's something that as, as a human brain, you just, you digest and become seared to your point of the boxing match. And that's what Skylight hopes to achieve for brands day in, day out is that connection point of brands and place and creating that unforgettable moment that happens on a canvas where there has to be thoughtfulness in terms of what that foundation is, how you bring the storyline, how you bring the bones, and then the way that a brand then can have success by identifying where their mission, where that extra special piece of their story can come to light in the built environment. Well, we clearly see things the same way, and we're so excited uh, to be partnering with you. Um, there's a lot of growth opportunity for us. So, you know, our hope is that we can uh, stay in cahoots with you for the next several years. You've got a lot of exciting developments with Pen2 and other spaces. Uh, we, I don't think we're using it this year, but I love that space above Moynihan Hall that sort of looks over the whole hall. You know, that's on our, our sites for the future. For next year, it's an incredible space that looks out over the main train hall, is direct eye level with the big screens that have sort of the opportunity to advertise. And it's an incredible, the architecture, everything you see from that second level space is like, those of you who've been in Moynihan, you're able to feel like you're in the center of truly the sort of great century old train station at the same time having technology at your fingertips. So that is an exciting space for and, us. And see. so many great uh, uh, places there. I, I must say that I am very loyal to a product that no longer exists because one summer many, many years ago, and I was 15, so this is almost 50 years ago, uh, 45 years ago, let's not age me any more than I have to, I had a Chipwitch cart and I used to sell Chipwitches. My mom used to cut out newspaper articles for me and I would follow up and I had my own ice cream cart when I was 15 on Manhattan. <laughs> and uh, we sold Chipwitches, chocolate and vanilla, a dollar. The company got 70 cents, I got 30 cents. And there was an ice cream sandwich place in the new Moynihan station. Yes, it's not I chip know. Witch. It's <laughs> it's it's a it's a little pricey, but boy, is that one hell of a product. And I, uh, you know, I won't say it's better than a chip witch, but <laughs> it's right there and uh, really great. And there's a pastrami queen there now, and 
so many other great establishments, that great bar. We, I met a bunch of friends and, uh, and we all met at the Penn bar and it was, you know, at, at you know, everybody ca- cannot believe just how, you know, absolutely gorgeous it, it all is. And I think that intersection to your point of like those memories and being thoughtful about the curation of what food and beverage is there and how to bring back both sort of all generations of, of what their experience of New York is and to give the best of all within your fingertips. I think that's the goal of the district and to capture not just the commuters, but those that want to work there, those that are going to shop there, those that, and I think that that intersection, I think, is what really gives the I think the the beauty and the identity to Penn District. And I imagine you've read this book. It's a favorite of mine of Here is New York by E.B. White. And I just think it sure. captures sort of all that is Penn District when it talks about, you know, the settlers giving its passion, the commuters giving its restlessness, you know, the the it's it's a it's a beautiful mix. And I think Penn District really does have all of those ingredients to be even the vibrant district it is now and to be amplified through the programming and events that will happen in its future. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap, Stephanie. You just, you're a visionary in a very different way than we are. I love what you're doing, but I like that we see things the same way in terms of that experience, you know, being such a vital part of what makes us tick as people. And to get a chance to work with you and Skylight and your the Vornado team uh, in the Penn District for Advertising Week this year is a real privilege for us. And uh, we look forward to having you on stage as well uh, next week. And uh, hopefully uh, when it's all over, everybody will take a deep breath and then we can get to work on 2024. Absolutely. No, the pleasure is mine. And I'm excited to continue to digest with you, not just advertising week, but the way that brands interact with physical space, because I think that's something you're harnessing for an entire week of so much activation and that perspective is is critical to the future of our business is maintaining that strategy with brands around how they activate. Yeah, it's a great model. And I love what you're doing in Brooklyn at, at Domino Sugar. That's at, that is some piece of property. It is. It is. Have you, we'll take you on a tour. I would love that. I would love that. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll see you in a that. couple of days. Absolutely. Thank you so much.